Welcome to the Hunters Hub. This is your host, Fortuan, joined by co-host Sasha, who almost didn't make it because uh, Cause I'm lots old. of problems. Because I'm old. That's why. I feel like your shoulder yeah, exploded. Like your shoulder's demoted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and co-host Ace, Badger Gaming. Howdy. How's it going? It's going. I'm going for like... <laughs> Going for like an uh, like a badger mascot now, just like a, but even a badger wouldn't sound like that. They'd be like aggressive, right? Because honey badger don't care. Well, that's a honey, honey badger, badger, not just a normal badger. Okay, uh, I gotcha. Is there a difference? I didn't think there was a difference, but maybe I'm wrong. All the badgers I've encountered badger. in Horizon Zero Dawn just run away, so they aren't that aggressive. Interesting. <laughs> I haven't played that yet. I'll just sip my drink. Yeah, I've actually been um, <laughs> I've been wrapping up uh, a lot of the quests on Horizon Zero Dawn because I finished up the mission and then it it's weird. I don't like it when games pull the pull the trope of like you finish the game but then you revert back to the final mission. So like Horizon Zero Dawn did that. Or at least it's doing it right now. I don't know if you can... Once you finish everything, then it'll be like, you're finished. Just explore the world now. Um, but, like, that was one of the things that I didn't like about uh, uh, Breath of the Wild. Because I was like, so what, I'm just forever not done? I'm just yeah. caught, in a, caught in a fucking time loop with Ganon and his bullshit? It sucks. That's open world games, man. That's just how they are. Um, there was a thing on Twitter about because you know Elden Ring came out and everyone's freaking out about that game right now. And um, I've seen a bunch of people be like, "I've I played it for a couple hours. It's way too fucking hard. I quit and went back to Horizon there, Zero Dawn or some other game." There's and I'm like, no accessibility. Wow. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that. I just saw a lot of a lot of hype to begin mm-hmm. with and people being like, I love it and that kind of stuff and they're like uh and then someone was like, Stop comparing it to to Zelda, which is a terrible open world game and I was like, Bro, Zelda Breath of the Wild is the only good open world game. Period. Well. And they were like, Well that's just your opinion and I was like, It is my opinion. <laughs> I am doubling down on this that I have played. Then someone asked me about Horizon Zero Dawn, and I just didn't respond because I didn't played it. So there are other good open world games. I will say I like Rage. It is an open world game. However, I don't like its open worldness. It is the flaw of the game, the being open world of that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it gets linear and you're in a dungeon, perfect, great. Yeah, I mean, just you were gonna say something, Sasha. I was just gonna say, you know, I'm pretty, pretty biased against that Zelda opinion being the only good open world game, considering all my favorite games are open world games. (laughs) True. I didn't think I don't like Fallout particularly myself. I actually, I will say, Outer Worlds is good. I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it personally. Elder Scrolls. Yeah, I'm just wrong. 
Let's just leave it there. I'm just wrong. Yeah, we'll, I forgot we'll about just, Skyrim entirely. Yeah, we'll just agree to disagree. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, keyboard warriors. No, I'm just going to agree to agree place. with you because I'm just wrong now. <laughs> I forgot entirely about Bethesda games. I was like, oh, yeah, that exists. I played them. I enjoyed them, except for Fallout. But I have New Vegas installed. It's just a matter of getting to it now because of my incredible backlog. <clears throat> There's supposed to be New Vegas 2 coming out, and I I saw an article pretty much just about how the game is potentially coming out. That's all they said. And that my little geek heart mm. just, like, skipped a beat. Mm. Like, yes, yes, my favorite game. Any, any sliver of hope? Yeah, you know, I always bring it back to this, because I feel like the old man of, like, back in my days in Monster Hunter... But, like, you would hear about a new Monster Hunter game, and it would be, like, announced, came out. Then I'm sitting on pins and needles for it to come to the U.S. And then, in the beginning of my Monster Hunter career, that didn't happen for, like, three games. And I was like, oh, what do I gotta do? I was literally talking to someone about pricing out to mod my PlayStation 2 to be able to play Japanese games. Like... And translate them. Mm -hmm. Like, I was in talks as a poor college kid, and it's like $400. I'm like, that's more than my PlayStation. Holy cow. (laughs) Like, what am I going to do? And then I just randomly found Freedom Unite on a shelf on the PSP. And I was like, I will buy a PSP. Here we are. (laughs) And I had one of the old clunky ones. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a jet engine going off. I think, like, PlayStation just has a problem. I think they like to model their fans after jet engines. Just... Well, well, I would say the PS4 sounds like a jet engine. The PSP just sounds like a micro drill. Constantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope it doesn't scratch up your proprietary UMD disc. <laughs> Little donut discs. Mm-hmm. That were in a case... Um, so, uh, we are, we are going to be talking about, uh, game mechanics today that we would like to see, uh, that, that have been improved and that we like that have been modernized, you know, basically a juxtaposition between older gaming and newer gaming. And as far as like how game mechanics have grown and potentially some mechanics we'd like to see have come back. And for me, the reason why I wanted to talk about this was not Monster Hunter Ace, even though you've been harassing me about the ledges the whole time. I do hate the ledges. It was actually me downloading the N64 library to my Switch and playing Banjo-Kazooie. Mm-hmm. And I was playing Banjo-Kazooie, and they have mapped the controls super weird. Like, mm-hmm. remember the C-Stick? It is the right stick is the C stick in only certain occasions hmm. during certain inputs. I was like, that's kind of intuitive to, to some aspects of the game, but like it all depends on whether you're crouching or not. Then like then when you're crouching, it becomes entirely the C stick. And then when you're not, it, it's the camera. So you can't move the camera and crouch. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe that's how it was in the old game. But that made me think about it. 
how much better are cameras in modern day games? Like a lot better. Way better. Especially if they're controlled by your right thumbstick. Uh, because I can't tell you how frustrating it is to just be fucked when fighting because the camera decides it wants to glitch out and have you only see half the, half the screen or half the enemies or whatever the case is, or you just get to see the wall the entire time. I feel like that is my secondhand impression of watching my husband play the old Resident Evil games. (laughs) Like... That over-the-shoulder mm-hmm. weird angle, and then if you're in the wrong spot in the room, now it flips over to this other weird angle, and you have no control over that. Yeah. Yeah, that was like the diorama approach. Like, they just had, like, you're just in this diorama, and you're going to enter in one way, and then leave to the next diorama. Yeah. Like, that is weird, because... That is what that is. That is screen leaving. That is like old school computer before scrolling happened. Mm-hmm. Like, because you would go off one side of the screen, and it would wipe, and you would have a whole new screen. So, like, that's essentially what the what Resident Evil was doing. So they were using a mechanic from like eighties, because <laughs> they fixed that in the early nineties. Uh, on on video games. I feel like Dreamcast games did that a lot, though, because I remember Power Stone was like that. That was a fighting game on Dreamcast that had that weird camera angle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dino Crisis was like that. Well, Dino Crisis was just Resident Evil with dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. Same people, too. That is a game series I'd like to see come back as Dino Crisis. Keep up on uh, uh, limited run. They bring back like old games all the time. I mean, like Capcom making a new version of it, not buying the same version again because the tank controls suck. Like they just <laughs> rebooted the whole Resident Evil series reboot, Dino Crisis. Mm-hmm. Give it to us. Yeah. Because dinosaurs are far more interesting than zombies, and they used to exist. Maybe not the way they have them depicted in these things, but... Well, then uh, you'll have to follow up in... uh, What is it? Why am I blanking on their name? I know them! They're one of the more prolific people in uh, the Monster Hunter community. Uh, Why am I blanking on the fucking name? Um, There's a lot of people who are very famous in the Monster Hunter community. Yes, I know. I'm, Just to, I'm, I don't want to start listing people because then people are going to get mad that I left them out. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Kogath. 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 Kogath yes. recently went to uh, the Capcom USA offices. So you can oh, follow in. Oh, uh, no. Follow I have footsteps. a story to tell you guys. I forgot about this. I didn't forget. So did I tell you that uh, Sunday night, when we had such reveal from Capcom, uh, that happened at a half hour later, because remember that countdown that we were all looking forward mm-hmm. to? Uh, it ended up being Street Fighter Six. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I wasn't that uh, unhappy <clears throat> about it, but I was like, okay, I wasted my time watching this because I don't care about Street Fighter at all. 
Um, I was actually up until 6 a.m. that night because my dog, being the lovable idiot she is, <laughs> ate a fistful of chocolate. Oh my God. A whole bag of Hershey's chocolate. Oh, and I know it was Hershey's chocolate because I found where she had expelled the wrappers. So I was literally up until six in the morning per the vet's advice to make sure she wouldn't die. So I had a wonderful night Sunday night staying up to keep my dog alive. (laughs) Super glad to see your dog was eating goldfish before we were recording. So that's good that everything is okay. Yeah. Yeah. She found some goldfish. My, my daughter's dropped. That's She's the best part here. about having dogs is they clean up after the kids. Unfortunately, they <laughs> left out chocolate. Or I don't know if it was them. I don't I honestly don't know where it came from or who did it. I don't like chocolate that much, so I don't have it around. I just didn't so I, I came back from dropping off the kids, actually, and uh my parents were like, Hey, your dog's acting weird. I'm like, Really? Is she? Like, what's happening? Like tell me what's happening. And then she just barfs like a freaking like her size full of chocolate onto my bed and i'm like okay so she had chocolate all right let's call a vet now (laughs) because i don't know what this is going on thankfully it was milk chocolate and not dark chocolate so less lethal i suppose Mm -hmm. um yeah. yeah our friend uh our friend's dog charlie who comes over to visit often uh one day before, or early morning before coming over, apparently had gotten a uh, whole ass stick of butter, somehow. And mm. a little bit after he arrived here, uh, expelled that onto the carpet. Just a big oh, frothy block of butter mess. No, like it would, it was frothy and oh. stuff. So it was like just a big Ugh. mess. Yeah. I uh, I actually, so today, I didn't get the girls till today, but uh, I have this medal here uh, for like, a, they did a stock car thing for Cub Scouts. My daughter got second overall, but first in every other category for her stock car. So she was excited today. So they might be super hyped and come in here tonight. Um, but they were very concerned because I didn't tell them about Blinky until today. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to worry them, but like, yeah, it was. They were like all over the dog, like, "Don't ever do that again, Blinky. I love you." Yep, kitties. Um, kitty cam, yay! Kitty cam. Now, if only we could get the purring, that would. Well, I mean, I can. <laughs> I can. That would sell it. Move the mic in. I don't know. I can't hear anything. Um, oh no, it's it's showing up on the mic. It is. That's this hilarious. will be a it'll, it'll be a um, nice little ASMR break for anyone that's listening. <laughs> um. So yeah, so I forgot about that. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so I I, I thought about this topic because the 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 camera controls are just so much better, and. 
I can't. I couldn't even believe how they attempted to do camera controls in those earlier games like Banjo Kazooie and Mario 64. I don't know if you remember, but when they did camera controls like that, it was like a fixed like angle movement. It was like like rotate 45 degrees, rotate 45 degrees, rotate like it wasn't like you would just tap the button and it would just wee wee and then it wouldn't even go all the way around. It would actually have a point where it wouldn't go any further. So if you wanted to get from the other side, you had to like go all the way around and move the camera the other direction in mm-hmm. these games. And it's like, why did they do this? Like, I don't understand. And nowadays it's like camera controls are just fine. Like I've been playing. Um, so I played a little bit of Elden Ring and I played uh, a lot more Sifu and both have like, fairly good camera controls. Now I had a couple issues. I have a couple issues with the camera on Sifu. That's because you're doing like this high impact martial arts and then you'll get the camera like shoved between like some foliage and a wall because of the way you had to move. And you're like, Oh, I got to move the camera out of here so I can see uh, that kind of stuff. And you're like, it's at the, but at the same time you're like, okay, I got to dodge, 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 block <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like you're trying to you're doing a lot of things at once so much it feels like i'm like just mashing buttons on the controller i'm just like ah i can't, I can't get it <laughs> get out of the way get out <laughs> stupid camera <laughs> i can't see um kind of feels like that at times but like so um so like is there so what, what can you guys think of like Stuff like that. Like, how far have we come, mechanics-wise, to make gaming so much better? Also, the other side of that, what can we go back to? Stuff we lost. I mean, in in sort of a niche sense, obviously, for those of us who did actually get the system, uh, going from PSP to PS Vita, the addition of another thumbstick made life so much easier because you didn't have yeah. to do the the claw maneuver on the uh, arrows to move your camera when playing Monster Hunter games or other games. Uh, but like the early, the first PlayStation controller obviously didn't have the thumbsticks, and then later editions Not finally the did. Not the DualShock. Yeah. So Which like, the DualShock, to be fair, came out during PS1's <clears throat> lifespan. It was before PS2. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Xbox, out the gate, had a second thumbstick. Mm-hmm. But they had the the advantage of coming out after that was a thing. Yeah, and then I would say just just in general controller evolution, moving towards a standard format of having your buttons and then thumbsticks in a ergonomic two two hand layout instead of like the the try layout where the thumbstick is in the middle and stuff and you have to figure out how to move oh, yeah. your hand around the and N64, stuff. The N64 that was the most like weirdest design for a controller I have ever personally used. I'm sure mm-hmm. that people have come up with weirder controllers. But being a Xbox person, Sasha, I'm sure that that, that was not a problem for you not having a thumbstick. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, for me, as an RPG player, and I've played them for a long time, one of the mechanics I love is pause, just like a pause screen versus menu screens, and 
very, very organized menu screens with tabs. So like the Pip Boy and Fallout and like here's your mm. here's your mini map and then hit your trigger and now here's your inventory and then hit your trigger, here's your character screen. Hit your trigger, here's mm. the radios. Um, and then if you just need like an actual break, you need because life is happening, pause it, go do something else. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Versus games like okay. older games, everything kind of was shoved into like one screen, um, and it didn't always mm-hmm. stop your game, so you had to be very selective about when you're doing that. I don't yeah. love that. I will say saving has come a long way too, because it yeah. used to be that you it would be like I, I they're like. I got in trouble for this a lot as a kid. We would try to go somewhere and like mom and dad were like, we're leaving. And I'd be like, but, but I, I got to save. Like I can't find the save point. I got to save. Um, one time I let the, the, I'm hearing weird sounds from the dog. Sorry. Um, I let the, uh, the game just sort of sit there with the TV off while we went out to dinner. Um, and it worked, but I did not like doing that. That always felt weird. Uh, I would always be worried that uh, if something would happen or it would get reset or something, because I've always had cats, and cats are notorious for ruining your day, unfor- unfortunately. Well, <laughs> when well, it comes to a game. Not, not specifically related, related to gameplay itself, but having like low power or standby modes be enabled for gaming consoles where. You know, you can power the console essentially off and pick up right where you were without having to find that save point or um, yeah, like write down modes. the codes. Yeah. Because codes were another fun way of managing where you were in the game. I hate codes so much. <laughs> I hate codes. Um... So so Sasha what's what's uh what's another one for you? Like So like actually getting very specific into because I have been replaying Mass Effect, um like oh, cover okay. systems have really improved quite a bit and the Red Dead system of like you're about to die and your screen's all bloody and nasty, you need to find cover right now. Um that mm-hmm. notably improved <laughs> from Mass Effect 1 <laughs> to Mass Effect 2. Big time. Funny enough Arceus has like the get behind cover, your screen's turning red. Uh, they do that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's that was one of my biggest issues with the original Mass Effect game was that this was an essential component to play through the game, but it was so clunky and um, mm-hmm. <laughs> your enemy shots were not clunky; those were coming right rapid fire. But your shepherd is just standing there, like maybe, maybe I'll get down. I have a neck injury right now. Give me a minute. Okay, now I'm down. Um, <laughs> that that sort of snap to you problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. And then the flip of it, like something that disappointed me about uh, shifts from Mass Effect 1 to 2 and 3, and I think that this is also a problem that I see with Elder Scrolls, is that it's very watered-down character development. Like, the original games have so much customization options, as well as the option to really fuck your character up if you don't do it the right way. 
uh, and invest in things early on. Um, and as you get into Mass Effect 2, it's pretty much just a shooter with a little bit of flair here and there. And same thing with 3. Mm-hmm. And with Skyrim, the complete removal of governing attributes, disappointing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the that is something that that we have sort of lost is that sort of uh, effort that it took to get good at a game sometimes where things have been watered down. And and in some ways, because this is a very nuanced problem currently in Monster Hunter, um, is in some ways it has been beneficial. It has brought in more people. But in other ways, you just lose some of the charm and some of the effort it took um and this is in multiple aspects too this isn't just you know how easy the game is we're talking like in in a lot of rpg cases uh the complexity of decisions the complexity of dialogue options and i will say mass effect in particular was very not ahead of its time but sort of led the effort and branching paths in sort of modern games. Whether that was something that was more common in text-based games a long time ago. Um, like Zork and so Zelda, I, the original Zelda. So I've been playing Mass Effect as Renegade now, and my previous experience has always been Paragon. Um, and so mm-hmm. one of the criticisms that I do have regarding choice in Mass Effect is that the real choice kind of doesn't really come down to Paragon and Renegade. It's more of those like story branches that are going to like ripple into two and three. But the Paragon and yeah. Renegade choices really are just like you're going to say something really shitty or you're going to say something really supportive. Um, but the end result mm-hmm. is still the same for the quest most of the time. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever played, um, this also reminds me, if you ever played L.A. Noir. Yes. And L.A. Noir was like, you got something wrong. And there was like, Cole, Detective Cole went z- zero to, to just total butthead immediately. <laughs> like, like, he would be like, You'd be asking this little girl. I remember this one in particular, the little eight-year-old girl. You're trying to, in, you know, talk to her about stuff, about like what happened to her mom. She doesn't know where she's at. You're just scared little girl. Me being a person who likes detective shows and cop shows and that kind of stuff. Like, I've been watching Criminal Minds a lot lately, and that's been kind of my show. And they interview kids sometimes on that show, and they're always very like, "Hey, you know, how you doing? Let's make you comfortable." Like, very, like, positive affirmation stuff. And Detective Cole's like, now listen here, you little scrap of a, <laughs> like, meat on the bottom of someone's shoe. What happened to your mother and why did you kill her? And just the little girl's like, ah. <laughs> like, and you're just like, whoa. Hug Detective Cole. I, I, I like, and then, but like, you pick the right thing, and he sounds like a reasonable human being. He's just like, okay, calm down. I'm not uh, here to accuse you of anything. Let's just figure out what happened. And then, like, you, you like detect the doubt or the lie or whatever, and you do it wrong. And then, and then he's just 
immediately just opens up on her like you killed your mother i'm like oh no Cole, i didn't do that it's not i like i feel like i have to distance myself from the character because i'm like i would never do this i feel but, sorry for berating this digital little girl like i just can't <laughs> that just reminds me of uh the game grumps playthrough of uh detroit become human uh because in oh. that game there's the interrogation scene uh where you're interrogating one of the uh androids as well uh but the androids mm-hmm. have like a stress level and if you exceed that stress level they like self-destruct so dan made the joke of like connor connor the connor android just burst into the room and was like why'd you kill him and the robot just self-destructs just immediately going in balls to the walls oh geez uh yeah that's yeah i <laughs> yes uh, that very much sounds like where it's like the dialogue feels like so disjointed in those games sometimes where mm-hmm. it's like I, that's one thing um i guess i just don't like that a lot of games tried to do uh mass effect wasn't as bad i don't think about the like the whole paragon and um what's it renegade system I don't think it was as bad. We had these morality systems that people were doing for a long time where they were like entirely useless unless you went all the way good or all the way bad, like uh, infamous or games like that or like prototype, like stuff like that, where it was like you couldn't even get out some of the abilities unless you were entirely bad and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So Fallout 3 and New Vegas have karma and it's they have good bad and neutral karma and one mm-hmm. of the things i liked about it is certain perks would open up based on your karma and it's really hard to stay a certain karmic balance if you are let's say doing just the natural course of the game like doing the quest you're going to get good karma for doing certain things regardless if you're murdering people and stealing every single thing you find so if you picked things like um, a karma perk for bad karma, you're going to lose it. You wasted your skill point. Mm. Okay. I didn't, I never, I don't, I'm not attracted to, to sort of like the bad karma or like the evil side of games a lot of the time. It just doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me as a person a lot of the time. So I don't normally explore those options, but like, uh, I think, I'm not sure, it's been a while, but I thought there was something like that in uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, wasn't there? I I feel like the answer is yes, because it's also been a long time for me. But I feel like I was more upset about all of my stolen loot being marked as stolen. Yes. So then, yeah, that was a thing. So then, I didn't play Kingdoms of Amalur like how I play Elder Scrolls or Fallout. You didn't steal everything. Correct. Yeah, it's it's very hard to steal stuff because they'll be like, "Oh wait, those are stolen lockpicks that you have there. We're gonna take all of them." But I bought some of those. No, they're all gone. They're all gone. We took them all. Why do you have lockpicks anyways? Like, hey, don't ask me those questions. I bought those legitimately. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I get where you're coming from on that. Yeah, that's... 
Yeah, I still need to go back and play that too because that new expansion came out that I was so excited for and I just didn't play it because I've been playing other things. <laughs> um, so yeah, morality systems is a weird one because I feel like if done right, I think it'd be cool to see again, but I'm kind of glad that we're away from the bad ones too. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I preferred to karma systems is actually having relationships with your party members in games. So, like in Origins, yeah. your choices are going to have those bigger impacts on like the ending you get, on what happens in 2 and 3, but it also has an impact on whether or not your party member even chooses to stay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because there, there will be a point where they're like, I'm out. Yep. I, you're I, a terrible person and I hate you. It might not even be because you're terrible. It might be because they have like radical viewpoints on the opposite end of yours. Mm -hmm. Right. Like elves are slaves and they deserve to be slaves. And you're like, oh, whoa, I can't sit well with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember one thing I was, it was hard for me to grasp was just how... Because like in in most in most fantasy genre, dwarves are good. There's nothing. There's nothing like saying, yeah, they get a little greedy. Yeah, they get a little ahead of there. They delve a little too deep. That was like you know sort of like the Lord of the Rings thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of D and D stuff has dwarves that depict dwarves very much like how Lord of the Rings does, where they're mostly good, and you'll have a few bad eggs. You know, pretty much like any other sentient race. Then you get into a Dragon Age, and Dragon Age dwarves are like mostly bad. <laughs> dwarves to me in in the Dragon Age series are like uh, very rich American capitalists. Is they are really anti-human. They are really anti-elf. Yes. They are all about the merchant class. <laughs> Sorry, Ace, I didn't hear that. What'd you say? They're just a bunch of mini Jeffrey Bezoses. <laughs> With beards? Yeah. Yeah. Bearded Bezos. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. That that was something that was like when I was trying to replay through Origins, um, when it kept locking up and I couldn't play, um, that I was just like, I really want to be a dwarf, but like... I do not feel like I identify with a dwarf in this game. Like every other game, every other game, I'm like dwarf all the way. I'm going to do it. And then like this game, I was like, I feel kind of scummy being a dwarf. Like I have to, I have to trick everyone and poison someone before I even get started. Like, holy cow. Like, and I, I'm in a gladiator arena, just like straight up killing people to prove my point just to be able to talk to the king. Like, mm -hmm. ugh, this feels bad. And I'm not even allowed to talk to the king because my class doesn't allow me to because I'm a mere peasant in the dwarven society. Like, yeah, I just this felt very, it, it felt very wrong <laughs> in comparison mm -hmm. to like other dwarves who are like, ah, for hearth and home and family, and it's just like, and this one they're like gold. Anything else with that dwarves? No, just gold. <laughs> 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 oh, and they're all magic is bad. Magic is very bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. K 
kill, kill kill the magic user first, which is actually usually a good thing if they're against you. Kill the mage first. <laughs> yes. That's a good strategy to have. Yes. Now, Origins um, had an awesome tactic system for playing on the harder difficulties that I do not think carried over well to 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they entirely removed it in 2. Mm-hmm. And then it makes a return in three. Well, no, there are tactics in two, but honestly, you you don't need to it's do it. It's just behaviors. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, hey, prioritize this, and that's it. Like, Yeah, but yeah. Origins had things right down to like, okay, when you're this, par- this specific party member's health reaches below 30%, that they'll use a health potion, and you can specify if you want it to be the most powerful health potion or the weakest health potion, and not to use the last potion that you have. Like, all of these details. And honestly, it's essential to play it on Nightmare. I don't think I would have played been able to play it without tactics. Mm-hmm. It's fair. Um, so, Ace... What's uh what what mechanics got you thinking? Um I like how immersion has progressed in gaming. Um sure. if you look at games like Last of Us, um uh, sort of going back to uh the idea of cover mechanics, uh, if you play Last of Us, uh you'll notice that when you take cover a lot of the times uh the characters will actually interact with the environment that they're in um they'll like place their hand on tables and like move around uh like especially with the first one joel will like move around ellie and stuff like that um and then also like if you stand still for too long um in the first game uh, i haven't tested it in the second game but in the first game uh ellie goes off on like a sort of like a berating tangent towards joel of like do you even know what you're doing? We're just standing here doing nothing, blah, blah, blah. So mm. sort of things like that. Um, <clears throat> what was another thing I was... There's another thing I had, but I lost it. Your character... Uh, well, your, thing- your character mm-hmm. sings along to the radio in Saints Row 2 and 3, which it was an mm-hmm. achievement that I was raging about, not unlocking for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And then it finally started singing the breakfast club song. <laughs> I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. yes. And then after that, they wouldn't yeah. stop singing. Yeah. In a, Oh, in the, far cry don't you six, forget about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. In far cry six, your character, uh, will sing along to songs that are playing on the radio. I want to see. I wouldn't see a character like. singing along to songs poorly. I feel like that would be the immersion I need in my life because that's what I do. So I feel like that's where they missed the mark on Mass Effect because it's a joke about Shepard being a horrible dancer. Um, and in the mm. in the remastered, I discovered that uh, when you go take Shepard to the club, it doesn't just say dance; it says dance question mark now. Mm. <laughs> nice. I like that's a nice touch. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't consider necessarily thinking like uh, the the way you've been answering things, Sasha, is like is within a series how things have progressed and lost. Whereas, um, which I like, I enjoy that that perspective because I didn't think about that. I was thinking like games overall, like the the camera system. So that's actually kind of interesting because we could make a whole episode of that about 
Monster Hunter, both gained and lost. But um, for me, one of the things that I both love and hate at the same time is uh, it's specifically talking about Doom is story. Now, story is a bit different for Doom because it used to be literally here's an intermission screen after like level nine. And here's one after like level 15. And it's just like, you know, 90s, like you're the big guy in town and you're going to kick all the aliens out of here. Whereas um, now they've sort of gotten more in depth and they and like and I've talked about this where they made fun of like the modern way of storytelling with a lot of exposition and standing there during cutscenes in Doom 2016, which still happens in 2016. It, it, but like they don't do a lot of it where he just smashes the screen. He's like, I'm not going to listen to you. Get out of here. I'm doing my own thing. Um, and then like and, and then immediately, immediately backpedals on it on Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal had so many more people just talking. Now, there's a couple, there's a little more, like, at first it was a little jarring, but there's a little more, it's it's a little bit more like 2016 once you take a step back. Because some of the exposition there is, like, one of, like, the big, like, hell wardens or whatever, like, groveling for their life in front of you, which wouldn't have been a cutscene in 2016, I don't think. You would just would have just taken their head off and been done with it. But it, like it allows you to sort of like revel in him just like losing it. Cause he was like, ah, you can't beat me. And then he just like cuts off his head immediately. And you're like, Oh wait, I can see <laughs> 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 like there was a little bit of a better storytelling in that, but there was a lot more cutscenes that really took you out of the action in eternal. Whereas they literally made fun of that in the previous game. So like, I like how story has both become more important but like, at the same time, they 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 took they took it in a direction that was like not only is it more important, but it's also like so important we're gonna push the gameplay aside for a little bit. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, no, no, no you don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't have mm. to do that because conversely, like a lot of people dog on the modern Diablos for their story. And one of the things I like about the modern Diablos is how they tell the story over what they're telling. Because in the old Diablo, it'd be like, I'm going to stand here for four minutes while this long scrolling text comes up in front of me and someone reads it to me while they're talking. Like, I, I don't know if you guys played a lot of Diablo 2 recently or back in the day, but like that was all the story. It was just shoved in these dialogues that everyone skips. And if you cared about and everyone's like, oh, the story's so great. And I'm just like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. I feel like modern games now, what they do is, if they care about that kind of stuff, it's there. It's in a codex. Read it in yes. in your free time. I like that very much. And in Diablo 3, the codex is just read to you while you're playing. You still get to hear it. You still, If you still want to hear everything going on, you don't have to worry about it. And then you just sort of smash and bash monsters while Deckard Kane is relaying all the information on the fallen to you. Like uh it's just I, I like how you know, like I, I I like how games have slowly been kind of getting a better grasp of what they are as a medium where they're like, no, you can continue to play and we can still tell you the information you need while you're playing. 
kind of deal. Like that that's some some of the something more that I've enjoyed as things have been coming around. And there is times where yes, let's sit down and watch something happen. Uh, I'm not a fan of like I don't know 45 minute cutscenes like in Metal Gear Solid or something like that. But I mean, legitimately, the end Act One Diablo Three ending is my favorite cutscene ever in a video game. Still, because it was just so epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the fight between Tyrael and uh, uh, I keep wanting to say Anarius. Anarius is not the him. What is his name? Imperius. There you go. The fight between Tyrael and Imperius, where they're sort of like, hey, we're angels. We don't interfere with humans. And then Tyrael is like, no, we do it because it's right and, and righteous. And like all like that big speech. I love it. I, I, I do a lot of quotes from that that thing, too. It's like when people does something like when my brother did something that like I don't enjoy. We're, we're both like sacrilege from like that. That uh, cutscene <laughs> that Imperius does the Tyrael. Of course, he doesn't do a cross. He just does his hands like sacrilege. <laughs> kind of going back to your immersion thing. Uh, what are your thoughts on like survival modes? Like were they special game modes to further uh, not suspend your disbelief? Uh, very good and very brutal when I choose to do them. Um playing grounded mode in the last of us will have you pining for easy mode pretty quickly Mm. because going from um the hardest difficulty that was in the first game that was available with the first game before um they had any dlc um survivor mode it gets even worse so you go from have getting like a fourth of an item to like an eighth of an item and like you may not find a another of that item for a while or mm. potentially for like until the next chapter even sometimes it it gets mm-hmm. brutal so like you really have to play methodically and smart and either choose to actually stick it out and fight in some places or just run the fuck away and i'm right. i'm pretty sure in playing in that game uh towards the later section uh, there's a section where you're going through um, a flooded uh, um, underground tunnel. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a section with two bloaters, which are the tank heavies. Uh, I'm pretty sure what ended up happening is that I just went and snuck around, took out the clicker that was walking around by the bus area that you needed to get up on, and then I made Ellie go up and drop down the pallet block and... I was like, I, I ain't gonna survive two bloaters with, like, only having, like, one revolver ammo, one rifle ammo, and a, a hodgepodge of other tools. So, we're just gonna try and circumvent this. That's what I like about the survival modes, too, because it essentially forces you to change the way you're playing the game. And then you also, uh, unless if you go, I think, unless if you pause on one of the menus... Uh, you also don't get a health meter in Grounded. So you have to uh, physically read Joel's body to tell whether or not he's doing okay. Isn't that isn't there something like that in Dead Space? I think so. Yeah, the, the, spine, the spine indicator. And he mm-hmm. starts yeah, like the... hobbling around and stuff too, doesn't he? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you don't get that in Last of Us. It's like because the health meter is off mean, the side, and it's like a radio menu. Yeah, but it's essentially worse because you don't get that that readout in any form. And then I mean, no. in Dead Space Two, you only get three save points throughout the entire fifteen chapter game. Yeah, I mean, conversely, you know, that's always been one of the things that's been good about Monster Hunter is not knowing what you're doing to the monster, not seeing the health bar, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I warmed up to damage numbers because originally you didn't even used to see how much damage you were doing, Sasha. You would just be like, oh, that was a good hit because the screen stopped a little when I hit him. Made it look like it was like a little, like stuff like that. Whereas now you can just straight up tell as an indicator on the bar whether a monster's ready to capture or not. When that used to be like a like a whole oh whoa 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 we we probably hit him too much. Wait, wait, see what he does. Is he limping? Is he limping? Okay, now we can capture him. Because you would have to do a capture quest and if you'd killed it on a capture quest, you failed. You just the quest failed, do it again. Like so But I captured nowadays, its soul, not just its body. <laughs> <laughs> kick out a ghostbusters like box just <laughs> oh man um but like yeah so like indicators of like that are good in the newer games but it was always a thing it's just like i don't want too much of an indicator because then it breaks mm-hmm. the immersion of the the hunting aspect of the game where it's just like you have to sort of know your enemy New Vegas has, with perks, uh, I think it's if you pick science, you have to have very high science. Um, you get an upgrade to your pit boy, where now you know the damage threshold for all of the enemies, how much health they have, um, to like let hmm. you pick the type of ammo you'd like to use on them. Well, see, that makes sense, because you've researched it yes. and your character knows it. Oh, right, whereas it's just given to you in some games, and you're like, all right, fine Mm -hmm. if it's an arcadey game i have no problem with that if it's a straight up like let's say star fox right like when you're just like in the air just shooting and stuff and just blowing up like that's fine that's a very arcadey experience i'm okay not knowing um one of my uh old old uh work buddies who got me into call of duty actually got me into hardcore mode for a little bit because of how little information there was like no hud like all of that kind of stuff. You actually had to like worry about how many clips were in your round versus like other call, you know, normal call of duty. Everything's on your screen and you know, anything about what's going on except for like, let's say the other person's health bar, which wasn't a lot anyways, but like I kind of like the, the lack of information and the focus of information has both progressed for individual games pretty well i would say depending on the situation um but yeah like i i guess in general i prefer to see health bars because in general i prefer a more arcadey game whereas i don't know like i don't realism and i don't mix in games (laughs) i i also like to see the health bar mostly because not all games are scaled to your level there are I feel no. like more games are ground and find out areas <laughs> and the health bar is a mm. nice clue of like, I need to turn around. I should not be here right now. Yeah. Yes. Met- Metroid Dread is getting that le- that level. 
Right. Which, hats off to anyone who can achieve that, I will not be. <laughs> yeah, no, I there are, there are difficult... So I, I've been playing Sifu, like I said, for uh, Bickering Bucks. Our next game is Sifu. And <laughs> the, you'll have health bars on Sifu, so it's actually very, very, like, um, purposeful. But it's it's very much styled after a Souls game as far as, like, difficulty and that kind of stuff. It's actually uh, modeled after Sekiro in a lot of ways. And it's actually really cool and informational to be able to see, okay, how much of their posture bar, which is basically, like, stamina bar, I guess, is another way to say it, mm-hmm. um, it, you can break, and then their actual health. It allows you to make a lot of very informed decisions because this is a difficult enough game that you're like, what do I need to do to get this down as person to down as quick as possible so I'm not fighting two things at once because I will die if I fight, you know, if I have another ten seconds here fighting two things at once. Like when games get that difficult, it it's nice to have that much information so that you can make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. on priority and all that kind of stuff that, that we need. Um, the, the, I, I guess it's not exactly what you were saying, Sasha, but it just reminded me of like, like I enjoy the more information I can use, the better. So mini maps thoughts on that. Like, That's all over the place. I that is all over the place. I think that what I appreciate the most for mini maps um, is mostly just like how many enemies are actually there. Um, in addition to like these health bars that are telling you like okay, there's a heavy that's just straight health, and then you've got this other guy who's got shields and barriers, and you need to do a specific type of damage to take that out before. But yeah. this person's not doing that much damage to you. It's the heavy that is that you need to focus that attention on. And then your mini map is telling you where everybody's located. I, that's the type of information that I appreciate and mass effect two and three do a lot better job of this. Um, than mass effect one did very much. So Mm -hmm. mass effect one is just like a, like a little blip. Um, and there are dots on the screen, but they don't, they don't have any relative location to you. Mm. And I don't like That's that. That's rough. Yep. Um, and I think uh, a, I think it's Skyrim. Skyrim kind of gives you an idea. Like, because it's first person, you're, you've got, like, the little blips on your screen of, like, little red dots. Here's the guy who's ahead of you. But if you turn, now there's different blips. And they're in different positions. And then you turn again, and mm-hmm. there's different blips in different positions. So you don't get as much information playing in that style of game with that camera angle. And Mm-mm. I don't think they do a okay. good job there. No, it gets confusing. Like, that that's one of the problems that Skyrim has. Is like, if you have enough quests you're on or enough things discovered, like, your, your little bar, your, like, little like direction compass that's at the top of the screen can be filled with stuff. And you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. What, what am I actually looking for? Now they have a system where you can highlight it in the map and then it'll highlight on your compass, but, and make it a little easier. But like, 
I think sometimes the complexity of games really gets in the way. Modern games, I think, like just so many things, like what we have with Skyrim or that kind of thing. Um, and we're seeing much more, uh, you know, much more open world games, which in a way is good, but in another way, you know, there's something to be said about some linear experiences that can be very narrow and fun because for what they're doing, especially if you're talking like an execution heavy game where you're like, again, I'll bring up star Fox. Star Fox is almost entirely linear. There's branching paths, but it's, you're flying forward and you're moving along the screen, flying forward, trying to, to dodge bullets and shoot stuff. Like, whereas, you know, if they had like an open world star Fox game, we'd be like, okay, I guess everything's a dogfight every time, which is fine, I guess. But I think kind of going back to, there's just so much in modern games that with an open world format, it, it can be overwhelming. I think Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. and The Witcher 3 are good examples of you open up your mini map or your map for the first time and there's uh like here's your main quest, here's five different side quests, here's Gwent, here's a question mark because you might want to check this out. Here's resources you should gather and you're just like where should I start? What do I do? Mhm. Yep. I will say another thing, um, this this isn't as uh, related, but it is uh, it's something in modern games. There's a lot, a lot more internet connectivity with certain games. And uh, this actually came up, uh, a friend of mine said this, um, and this doesn't bother me as much as it does bother him, but there are times where he just doesn't want to connect with people. He just wants to play a game and not have people bug him um or yeah he's just like i just want to kind of do my own thing and not worry mm-hmm. about anything so he doesn't like a lot of how notifications of people coming on just because you're friends like he wants to be able to segment that now there are systems to sort of say hey i don't want to be bothered right now and a lot of things but like even um i think steam was one of the first ones to do it like an offline mode or maybe it was Blizzard Battle.net. I had my 360 set to ghost mode for like four years and didn't realize that I was doing it. <laughs> right. Why doesn't anyone so want to like, play with me anymore? Well, no, I had done it because I didn't want to talk to people for a while. And then I mm-hmm. kind of just like forgot about it. And uh, I think my brother had said something to me like, why are you never on for somebody who's always playing Xbox? What are you talking about, dude? I'm always on. Mm-hmm. right yeah um but for him he he wanted to play elden ring and really just not bother with the online functionality sort of treat it as as an, a single player experience which you can and i have been forced to treat it as a single player experience because my ps5 is stuck in nat type 3 and if you people know anything about networking stuff that means my connection is so unstable no one will play with me so and i don't know why we're in the same house and my brother and I can't play together. And we bought this so that we could play together. So that's been an, an issue. But that kind of made me think about it. Like just how much online integration is for so many games now. It used to be like, here's the online leaderboard. That's it. <laughs> or like if it was specifically a multiplayer game. But now there's 
everything from like leaderboards to message systems to mm-hmm. like I mean like I was recently playing Lost Ark and obviously that's an MMO online and like there's so many like things that are like constantly bombarding you like a general chat and stuff and in those games that I turned off because I did not want to see how much gold I or silver would cost me to get an automatic level 50 or whatever <laughs> like advertisement from other people in the games people mm-hmm. soliciting you for like fights that was one thing that annoyed me I get like someone would come up and ask me for a duel in that game and I'm like no I don't want to duel you I don't want to duel anybody let me go chop down this tree and get resources I don't care it's like being not in a guild in WoW and you're in a major city and they're like hey can you sign my guild charter are you looking for a guild yes yeah uh, I was I was accosted by that sometimes that's actually usually when I play an online game I make a guild mm-hmm. or whatever a clan and yes i did make a clan in lost ark to play with people here i never played with anybody else because no one was playing but i was fine because i wasn't getting any people soliciting me for guild invites either they're like oh he's already in a clan good for you like kind of thing i was like yeah there's the benefit of not being bugged i guess (laughs) um for me there was something like you know we talked we've been talking a lot about like how things have improved but one of the things that i i, I talk about this a couple times i really kind of miss sometimes there's just being like a more arcadey version of games where things are taken less seriously and that kind of thing like for me this came up the most in shooters um mm-hmm. where i was playing something and it's like i i don't want to feel like some you know like uh, it was Call of Duty and Battlefield specifically. Stuff like, oh, we're in a desert, so there's a sandstorm ki- kicking up and you can't see anything. And I'm like, yeah, that's not fun. Like, I don't want to have to specifically equip thermal scopes for this one map, you know, on the fly that I didn't... <laughs> like, I didn't... I, can I just, like, shoot people and just not think about it? Like, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Not getting the full tactical gear and weighing every option and every strategy. And that's also something too, is like sometimes games are taken too seriously now. Like you guys ever tried to play league of legends? Like no one doesn't take that game seriously. Sometimes you cannot like, I enjoyed playing the game, but there is not a casual level to that game. Even at the lowest of the low tiers, people will cuss you out for doing the wrong thing. (laughs) <laughs> at any point and it's just like i'm not i'm not here for that that is i feel like even less serious games people are like that i've talked about this before about why i don't play gems of war anymore it's which is just a three match like a match three puzzle game and the guilds are so serious about you need to make sure that you're doing 1500 seals every week and make sure that you're doing the towers and the arena battles and I'm like, dude, I got a job. This is a free-to-play game. I'm not doing any of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that is... So I normally don't play a lot of games on my phone, but that Gems of War was one uh, for a while. And actually, there's a reason why I am popping up my phone right now. For reasons like that is why I have started playing stuff like Sudoku. You can't see it at all. 
There you go. That's a dad. <laughs> eh. Watchable. Fourth one. There you go. It's hard to see. Sudoku. Stuff like that, where I'm just like, no one's going to bother me. I could do this on my own time. There isn't a Sudoku guild. I don't need to worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could you imagine it? Sudoku guilds? Ugh. <laughs> How would that even function? However sure many you do puzzles your... you're solving a day and how time, exactly. how fast you're doing them. Uh, can I just not do this? Like, I, I, I kind of get where they want to do this sort of like clan stuff in these games, like Gems of War. And my favorite was was called Hellfire: The Summoning, where it was literally like I think I talked about this before. It's like literally skee ball. Like you actually like built up your your gotcha team. And they were like mm-hmm. damage, and you would ski ball into targets that were like the bad guys, and try to kill them with like your elemental attacks and stuff. I loved that game, but um, I was in a guild for that, and they were like, "Hey, if you aren't hitting your daily targets, you know, we got to kick you out." I was hitting my daily targets because I loved that game and I played it constantly. But <laughs> but you know that is that is a weird pressure that people want to put on you, or like, "Oh, you're out of here." It's just like. Uh, and then you you can't do like the the good content unless you're in a guild and stuff like that. That's it is why I tolerated a lot of it for a long time in Gems of War. I have, I at one point I had that game completed. Um, even now, that's my highest game on true achievements. I think it's a game that I have the most gamer score in. I I think I have like over twenty five hundred gamer score in that game because I played so much of it. But it's it was guild content. Yeah. And now I'm like, yeah, all of it. Eh, I'll yeah. just log on once in a while and go in the underworld and not, no, none of this guild stuff anymore. I, it's too yeah. serious. Yeah, I I think that's a player mentality more so lately than mechanics. Although the mechanics of Gems of War drive that for sure. That's a lot of those free to play games do because they want you on more. The alternative is to pay. Pay for the stuff. It's free to play, but pay to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clash of it's Clans. True. Kids bankrupting their their parents by getting their credit cards and maxing out their villages. I already saw that kind of coming in um, Lost Ark. Where, I don't know if I told you guys, but I already uninstalled and quit that game. I'm out. Like last week, I was like, "Yeah, I'm in." But like, I'm out. And like, I didn't even hit max level, and then I saw the amount of like content that was like, "Hey, you got to have a couple of people to do this." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna have that. I'm not gonna have the couple of people." So, mm-hmm. I think I'm out. <laughs> now they got it right for the leveling experience. You don't need anybody for that. But mm-hmm. like, that's my problem with MMOs is just the commitment that they ask for that kind of stuff. It's just like, hey, you have to have, you know, people playing with you constantly. Conversely, because I have people that I know that wanted me to try it out and said they would play with me, I have been trying to get into Final Fantasy XIV, but uh, all the servers are locked. Hmm. Like, there's no way for me to make a character. So, I haven't even started that. But they wanted me to get into Final Fantasy XIV, which is an MMO. But we'll see again. But I have a promise of at least four people to play with. Promise. 
Mm-hmm. Not that it's going to happen, but we'll see. Um, so uh, one thing that I wanted to t- talk about with this, and it's something that Nintendo is severely lacking in comparison, is something that I didn't expect I'd like until PlayStation did it, because uh, I got a little bit into it on Xbox, was Achievements. And I know, Sasha, mm. you're a big fan of Achievements. But like, I think that was a modern pseudo modern i don't think they're too modern anymore um but i think nintendo needs to get behind it to sort of like it doesn't have to be this sort of like hey i'm a gamer because i have x amount of hours and achievements and that kind of stuff but it is nice to see your effort into a game you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. there is that sort of badge that you get for sort of beating your game that used to be my my thing is like how many games did i beat in grade school, us as kids, that's what we would compare. We just like, oh, did you beat this game? Yeah, I beat that game. Did you beat this game? Yeah, I beat that game. Or like, no, I haven't beat that game yet. Yeah, so I was a teenager when achievements came out, and I remember my dad being like, "Why do you care about this stuff?" And I'm like, "Because do you know how many people actually question if I've played this game before? Now here it is, and it's time stamped, and there's no argument yeah. about it." Yeah. In fact, Plus, I played more than you, sucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus, uh, I don't know if, how in depth Xbox is with it, um, but like the PlayStation trophies, they actually list off like what percentage of players playing the game have. They do. Xbox yes. added that um, sometime in the last like five years, and then they also have mm-hmm. what they—it's got a little diamond next to it that they call rare achievements. And it's usually like five percent or less of people mm. having it yeah they have so you can look now on uh, even good old games does this where you can look at achievements with them because they actually they pull in steam achievements that's that's one thing i like is good old games will pull in the steam achievements as well as their own achievements and um they'll tell you like the rarity of an achievement in fact um i'm going to pull this up on the stream purposely so people can see what I'm talking about. Um, listeners, Ellie, or watchers. Um, but yeah, you can actually see when you get the achievement and if it's rare or legendary or whatnot, mm-hmm. what you got. And like the actual like 5.4% of people got the complete chapter six for Ziggurat 2 that I have. Like you can actually see the outright percentage of like how many people achieved it and stuff. Like I, I'm, I'm all for that. I love stats. I'm a nerd. Like I, I love seeing statistics like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo needs to get on it. Nintendo's needed to get on it since the Wii. <laughs> 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 like, I don't know. They're you can see they're a little open to it. Even some Nintendo games have internal achievements, and Monster Hunter has always had achievements through the Guild Card. It's been mm-hmm. a thing since before achievements was a thing, but the only game that really procs achievements is, uh, well, I guess Steam achievements now and Rise, but Monster Hunter World was the only one that really had full achievement integration. And as much as achievement hunting is a thing, but it can also be a sickness. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I do enjoy having achievements and getting them and that kind of stuff. If if it's feasible, I will achievement hunt. If, it, if, if I feel like it's not a headache. Because um, there are some games, like if Pokemon Arceus had had achievements, I'd 100%ed it by now, I believe. 
I've done everything in that game. Um, maybe not some ridiculous stuff like have a hundred shiny Pokemon. Uh, like I, I can't do beat that. the game with a bug team. I didn't do that this time. That would have been easy for me at any other game. I did not do that this time. Um, yeah, I, I the only bug I had on my team was uh, Cleavor, which I didn't know. I did. Oh, so we recorded uh, Bickering Bucks for this uh, for Arceus. It just came out. Um, there's actually new evolutions in Arceus, and me being unaware of Pokemon at times, I didn't know. So Stantler got an, a new evolution. Uh, called White Ear. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't know that Cleaver, which is a new evolution for Scyther, was new. I thought it was something else, but we I think we went over that last week. Yeah. Um, Sneasler is an alternate evolution of Sneasel instead of Weavile. Uh, mm. So like, there's all sorts of like just brand new Pokemon that was just in mm-hmm. uh, Arceus. And I was just like, oh, cool. <laughs> like I didn't know, um, but yeah, that'd have been cool to be like an achievement is achieve all get all the new Pokemon in this game or something like that. Like Nintendo, they just dropped the ball on this. I don't know why, but they you know they dropped the ball on a lot of things that seem pointless. Like they do some things so well, and then they do other things. They're just like why, like the whole slow rollout of their. We talked about we had a whole episode about like what other games we want on the Switch Online because they mm-hmm. could just do it. By the way, I don't know if you saw, they dropped Majora's Mask on that today or something. My daughter's mm-hmm. pointed it out to me. They're like, Dad, what's this game? And I'm like, Majora's Mask? When did that get there? And <laughs> Amory was like, it just it just came up. It was spooky. It was a ghost. <laughs> it's uh, This happened because I was actually teaching the, the girls how to play Pokemon cards today. That was fun. I got a little battle kit. Or whatever it had like some pre prefab decks in it. Mm-hmm. CC won both times. I'm <laughs> again. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not holding back on these girls. They're just killing me. <laughs> they just, they've already started beating me at the ages of five and seven, and I'm not. <laughs> mm. Oh man. Um. So yeah, I, I again like I could talk an hour about ledges in monster hunter but you know <laughs> it's been a, our joke all week is ace has wanted me to talk about the fact that i hate the movement in monster hunter old monster hunter versus new monster hunter but i've talked about that enough on this show in particular because every time it comes up which i think is why he was saying that but yeah well, um, i mean we could just talk about the larger like topic or theme that that would bleed into is just like the the flow of movement in monster hunter has greatly improved mm-hmm. yeah i don't know how they go back i don't know how they go back from the wire bug the freedom of movement that they introduced a bug virus that kills them all no <laughs> no don't do it. Yeah, I just... I don't know. Um, that would be tough. It would be interesting to see what the next thing is. Um, so, Baby what Valstraxes. is something that... Do what? Baby Valstraxes. 
strap it to your back, jetpack. That's weird. Just just jetpacks and Monster Hunter. Okay, cool. Um, Speed running has never time attacking has never been so easy. <laughs> Reminds me of Breath of the. Have you seen, Sasha? Have you seen the Breath of the Wild speed run stuff where they like oh time freeze a tree? Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. So what they do is they have these mechanics in the game where you can like time freeze something, and if you hit it while it's time frozen, it builds up the momentum. So like once you like it has a limited amount of time in the time freeze, so you hit it a bunch of times and it makes it fly really super hard in a direction that you hit it, right? There's a speed run tactic where they go down, chop down a tree, and as it's falling, they stop it and they smack the crap out of the tree to get it to point a direction, and then they jump on the tree and this sails across the map. Uh, and they just sort of surf on this tree all the way to the end. And it's just, it's insane of, like, speedrun uh, tactics. I'll do you I'll one like better. That. Andrea showed me a clip this week of someone who found a, uh, a uh, magnetic boulder and shot mm-hmm. a Lionel in the face with an arrow and just started, dish, dish, dish. Ding. Yes. Dish, dish, dish. Just like a fucking yeah. cartoon. Just stunned the Lionel over and over and then you then used magnesis on the boulder and just bashed it over the head several times until it was dead. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I, I think I saw that clip where they were just like uh they would stun it and then they would keep knocking it in the head with the, the rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um you can also take a minecart, put another minecart on top of it, and then magnesis the minecart on the bottom to create like a flying car type thing. <laughs> and it's really <laughs> fucking stupid. Oh boy. The things you can do in that game. But again, it'd be awesome if they had achievements like make a flying car, mm-hmm. right? Like, wouldn't that be cool? surf a flying tree yeah and then there's there's other players who have like done crazy like they'll shoot an ancient arrow off in the direction of a uh guardian and then they'll uh drop a bomb by their feet jump up in the air whip out their shield and then blast off on the shield because you can uh like surf on your shield down mountains and stuff. So they'll just get blasted off and just mm-hmm. be flying through the air and like watch the arrow arrow go along and then just dink the guardian and kill it with one hit. Seen plenty of those. It's insane. It's, it's insane. It's like the next level of the immediate tomahawk throws in Call of Duty. I don't know if you ever saw those but clips of people start a match, throw, dead. um so what what are some things that that you still like you guys feel like we still need to improve upon in general mechanics wise could be in a series or our games in general that like we're just still not there yet for me it's actually true true branching dialogue with real decisions that matter and a lot more games 
Like, if they're going to advertise that and actually have it work, uh, I'd like to see that a lot more in RPGs and not um, illusion of choice that we have a lot of times. I feel like we talked about this when we did the silent protagonist episode, but I almost feel like in Mm -hmm. order for meaningful branching dialogue to happen, they're going to have to be silent protagonists. I don't think that the games can handle that much memory, like that much dialogue saved in. And then you said this, so now it's going this route. And oh, because you've been an Mm -hmm. asshole this whole game, you're talking in this tone of voice and you're making these facial expressions. Like I, I don't think that, I don't think games can handle that right now. I mean, the Telltale games in okay. Until Dawn were pretty good entries in that. Um, if they yeah, expand it, I mean... They're... I feel like, though, Telltale is... Like, the graphics aren't that great. So, to be able to, like, have those branching dialogues you're only having to redo like a two minute cutscene three or four different ways versus an RPG game. That's a five minute conversation in the first mm-hmm. hour of the game. And then now that has an effect on the next five minute conversation. You have mm-hmm. five hours into the game and then that has an effect. Like how many different iterations of those conversations do they have to record? Yeah. With voice actors. I mean, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'd rather I'd be fine and definitely interested in getting a game that has that much space while exploring that many possibilities over, uh, let's say, a uh, poorly optimized game like Call of Duty that takes up hundreds of gigs for seemingly no reason. <laughs> so I think I think Fallout 3 and New Vegas, kind of, I think New Vegas specifically does a nice job with this because it... They are silent protagonists. Mm-hmm. There are four different endings to New Vegas, and they're very, very different depending on like your main story choice route. And then even mm-hmm. within your main story choice, like if you built specific uh, friendships it, within the factions, you have a different ending as well. So you have like six or seven different like conversations in the end game based on your choices that you made. But because your character is not saying anything. You're just picking dialogue and reading along. They're able to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, Well, another one for me is, um, this isn't mechanic. This is more a setting thing. I want more dinosaur games. Just in general, I want more good dinosaur games. Like Jurassic World Evolution 2 was great. Play Horizon Zero Dawn. Want to see more. It's like robot dinosaurs. Maybe. I have it. I recently got it. Um, However, um, I'm also going to be working on Elden Ring. Mm -hmm. Sifu. uh, Hellwarders. Um, Immortals Phoenix Rising, Deathloop, and Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. on my PlayStation alone. Yeah. Still trying to figure. Because in. Like, I, I've got so many games. In Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn, the, uh, one of the basic, basically just bosses of that game is, uh, the Thunderjaw. And that's basically just like a, 
giant T-Rex, but it can shoot out lasers and and shit like that. And then, uh... But a T-Rex doesn't need lasers to be cool. They're just cool. Yeah, but dinosaur laser fight. Okay. I mean, I'm not disagreeing. And then in the, uh... And in in the Frozen Wilds expansion, they've got, like, a Yeti-slash-bear robot. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And it looks like in Forbidden West they have more uh, pterodactyl-looking boards. And then uh, they've got the uh, Cobra. Cobra robot that everyone is uh, guffawing over. Yeah, I saw a clip of that. I mean, I'm not against playing it. I got it so that I could... I got the first one so that I can do what you're doing is play through the first one and then play through the second one. But it's so so far down my list of things to play. Like, uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to do with Elden Ring. I just started it. Like, hot take here. I don't think it's the greatest thing that has ever been made right now. Are you kidding? It's an instant 10 out of 10 across the board. No excuses. Okay. I mean, on top of me having network problems and not being able to play with my brother Mm -hmm. in my own house, um, I feel like like it's just more Dark Souls. And one I've not really got into 1.420 0 point steam uh Ross O'Donovan tried to uh download it off of steam and apparently it was would not work for him mm. so well I got it on PlayStation 5 mm-hmm. so didn't really bother me I I was saying one point you for your argument that you're always making of being anti-steam. It's true. I am anti-steam. I did uninstall Lost Art because I was like, I'm tired of Steam. I'm tired of this game. I'm just done. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of... I mean, there's some other stuff that is only through Steam that, unfortunately, I have to deal with. Like, if I ever want to get back into Wilson. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about last week, like I, I actually reinstalled it since we talked last week to check it out again. I have, I haven't yet, but yeah, uh, that was the, that was the, uh, when you were gone last week, Sasha, we talked about games that we would try to want to get back into that we jumped out because it was just broken like cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the whole inspiration for the episode. Cause my friend Jacob played cyberpunk, but, um, Oh no, you just reminded me of something else that happened this week, Ace. Did I? All of the Blizzard games are moving to Steam. All of them. Oh yeah. So, if I want to play Diablo 4, it's going to be on Steam. So wait, does that mean that, like, the digital copy that I got on PlayStation 5 is, like, invalid now, or? No, no, no. Consoles, you're fine. It's still on the console. Mm. But all the PC versions are coming off of Battle.net. Oh. They're closing Battle.net and putting it on Steam. And this is happening in April. Like, everything is moving to Steam. Hmm. So, all right, then. 
sounds to me like mm-hmm. a bit of uh, monopolization of choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said that on a tweet I made about it. I was like, I didn't get to choose this platform that I bought it on because I didn't want to play these things on Steam. And now I have to play them on Steam. If I want to play Diablo 3, it's on Steam. Oof. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> I guess not play Diablo 3 anymore. I still have to you, on, unless you might on my have Switch. to kiss your beloved goodbye and then stare out the window like a like a wife waiting for her husband to return from war. <laughs> Wait for your favorite game to return <laughs> to other other PC options. Other platforms. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't... Uh, I guess it's because of the Microsoft buyout. Like, this is the first real big change since mm. that. So... It makes sense for them to close down the Battle.net in favor of why wouldn't they put it like on Windows, right? Like just like a Windows mm-hmm. game. Like isn't that what they did for uh, Killer Instinct? I don't know, man. Like I don't know what they're doing. Isn't Killer Instinct just like a Windows game? No idea, because I I feel like now you just download an Xbox app on your. PC and it has all of the Microsoft games that are available to you in that. I would rather do that than Steam. I would, I mean, I already have a Windows 10 machine, so. I mean, there's a probably a decent chance that maybe Diablo will be on there as well. Well, I mean, the email specifically says everything is moving to Steam, like specifically as of like April 1st or something like that like which is a bad day to do a big change mm-hmm. like that but is this I a joke is this a joke <laughs> oh man have you heard that that was like uh an actual quote when they revealed diablo immortal is like is this a bad april fool's joke by one of the question panels that became like a big meme you for guys a while. have phones right yeah it was like it was the, you guys have phones, right? And number two was, is this a bad April Fool's joke in November? Oh, no man. wrath like the wrath of a gamer. You know, <laughs> it makes sense why we didn't have BlizzCon. I I just figured that out, why we didn't have BlizzCon this year. Because it was bought. The deal was already in the works, and we just heard a, didn't hear about it yet. Well, I mean, other than the fact that probably people would have been shitting on them and ripping on them the whole time for the scandals that are going on. That never stopped them before. They did that full. They did. They did a full on address in the beginning of BlizzCon for the the Blizzchung event. The Blitzchung event. Like they are not afraid to talk about their shirking of controversy in the front of BlizzCon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think I think it was the buyout that stopped them from doing BlizzCon. I'm just realizing that. Well, then if that's the case, mm. then they are more lacking in moral character than one would have thought. I mean, are they? 
<laughs> is it really is it really better than you thought it was gonna be you had a pretty low opinion of it already no, I, I i just keep finding that they they find they they find a way to uh lower the bar each time like mean girls the limit does not exist uh- more thinking Dennis in uh, Sunny. I can go lower. <laughs> or Charlie does it. Yeah. I can go lower, you know. <laughs> well, if we're going to go with... Is uh, is Charlie the one played by Charlie Day? Yeah. Well, if okay. we're going to go with... Uh, it's always Sunny memes. Then we'll go with the one of, like, me crossing the road being like, oh, they couldn't possibly screw this up worse. And then uh, what's-his-face in the car runs me over. For the meme, you stupid. I don't know. The meme that always gets me now that I've seen the show is the community. The one where he comes back with the pizza and everything's on fire and people are fighting mm-hmm. each other. Like, <laughs> like that one. That was a good one. I like. I like during the uh, whole Wyverian egg saga. Just. Just posting out the sunny in Philadelphia. Can I offer you an egg in these trying times? <laughs> My brother and I send to each other every time somebody's complaining in like a staff meeting. We're just, can I offer you an egg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I need. That's one of those shows I probably should watch. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Mm-hmm. It seems like my kind of humor, for sure. I just people were saying about the community for a long mm-hmm. time, uh, but I saw the community D and D episode long before <laughs> I saw the rest of the community. And yeah, because if you haven't seen it, the community D and D episode is hilarious. Holy mm-hmm. cow! Like, uh, they they do some of these D and D tropes. I I don't know, Sasha. We we talked about this a couple times. You played D and D, right? Played it. I. I haven't played like a ton a of ton. it. Um, I more have played Pathfinder. Okay. I mean, my 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 choice is Pathfinder Two right now, so I get it. Um, but there was in the D and D episode. One of my favorite things is they have I don't remember her name, but she was like the youngest. Uh, she was like the super young teenage girl that was like just out of high school. That was like the perfect A student that was there. Um, and she was like very prim and proper and that kind of stuff. And then like they get into the D&D episode and like in order for the, the them to get whatever item they needed, like they had to like seduce this person. So like they tried to have like one of the guys do it and he like failed miserably. But then they she's like, no, no, no. Let me show you. And then there's this like slow montage. They don't tell you what she's saying, but she's like doing hand motions and people are like, oh, like, oh, like all this like really sexual stuff that she's explaining and like really in depth. And then then, like it was just like, holy cow, it was some serious sex role play. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's hilarious and then like the dm and like everyone was, like you see one of the guys he's like taking down notes like holy cow like i should really try this <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh it was really good um yeah but like i think that's another show i need to watch although uh like i said i've been watching criminal minds that's a long show 
I didn't realize how long mm-hmm. it was. It's like 13 or 12 seasons. That show's long enough that uh, I think I stopped watching it like seven years ago. Oh, just 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 rewatch Supernatural. Yeah, 15 seasons. I was going to actually... You would love Supernatural the way you like Diablo. Mm-hmm. My goodness. I... Okay. So I, I have a history with Supernatural. Um... A, not a good one. So mm. my my ex got into it right as we were going through the divorce. So like there was this time where I don't know why she asked me to hang out a little longer at her apartment. We were already split up. She was like, just watch this show with me. And I was just like, I was already perturbed because like we were already done did divorce. She's out of the house. Nothing like so I'm just like, why does she want to hang out? What, like what's going on? Like, I don't understand. So she wants to show me Supernatural. And she shows me episode two, which is the Wendigo. Season one, episode two. And I immediately, being the super nerd that I am, is like, that's not what a Wendigo would do. At all. No. Like, and then I was so mad about it. I wrote at the time, not now, but at the time, my most successful D&D article for my rage at that show. Which was the Wendigo. I think you should just start on season three with all the like angels and demons stuff starts happening. They really step away from the like each episode being a different monster that they're hunting and it starts to become a more like thematic story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I mean, I'll give it a shot. Diablo three and Supernatural are so closely related in my head story-wise <laughs> okay all right that's interesting i have never heard this perspective on it there it's just huh. a, it's a massive like angels and demons fight for six seasons or more on supernatural huh interesting yeah. i never heard i of like that. it i only knew about the wendigo episode because i was infuriated by how it strung up food i'm like it's a force of hunger that's always hungry. It wouldn't save food for later. It eats it all then and always. <laughs> like, that doesn't make sense. Eh, it's fine. I mean, there are worse episodes than that one. No, it's like not. Like the bug episode. Sure. The bug episode. Okay. The Oz episode. So which one? You gotta explain this one. The Wizard of Oz episode. Eh, that one was I... kind of weird. Oh, no. Uh, the bug episode, uh, sort of plays on like the uh, pet cemetery thing of like the houses being built on Native American land. Oh, okay. So, I could see why you say it. I wouldn't like that one. Well, it's just dumb. Like bugs. It is bugs. I mean. Not just that. Typically, everything's built on Native American land. Well, so, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All of it is. <laughs> All the time. Actually, I had a little. So, like, I was at the Derby thing I showed off like today, and uh, the kids' school is called Tecumseh Schools, right? Mm-hmm. And Tecumseh was is is someone I am indirectly descended of. I'm actually descended of his brother. So it is, it is a thing in my family. He's the famous Shawnee chief, and that's what their public school's named after. 
And there's this thing about like, hey, here's Tecumseh and who he was on the wall. And I was just looking at it and I was like, it's so weird. That's so weird to be like, yeah, I, I like they're talking about like I, people I am directly related to on this mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> Stuff like that all over Michigan. There are these like little green historical markers and describing like all of the like French people that colonized Michigan and the Native American tribes that were before them. Hmm. That's better than Ohio. Ohio doesn't do a lot of that. We just, we just have uh, um, deformed names of old things. Like uh, I live near Chillicothe, which is a Englishized version of Chillagatha, which just means town in Algonquin. <laughs> this is like, hey, here's town, right there. <laughs> While in Michigan, there is Algonquin, there is Tecumseh, there is all kinds of. Uh... Native American city names. It's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. You should see. You should nope, see some people just... from. Uh, it's funny. One of uh, one of our uh, employees. Uh, he recently tried to pronounce a Wisconsin city, and he failed mm-hmm. miserably. We've got we've got so many like native city names and it's always funny to hear people from out of state try to pronounce them so the the city is Oconomowoc and mm. he was like Oconomowoc and it's Akuna Matata? Yeah, That's what I would have went yeah, for. Yeah and then the, there's like other other towns like Wasaki um, there's Waukesha, which some people call Waukesha. Mm-hmm. It's real, yeah. real weird. I mean, I, I didn't learn a ton of Algonquin for my tribe. I did learn a, a slur for white people, though, because that was used a lot. I would say justifiably <laughs> so. <laughs> it's just like... Um, yeah, so there was that, but like, I don't know a whole lot of the language anymore. Um, I think the only people that could fluently speak, speak it was like some people older than me, like in my dad's generation of people and further up. Um, but my dad can't even speak at all. Like it's just, it's a, that's why they call it a dead language. Mm -hmm. It's just not a lot of people know it. So, well, that's, it's part of the... is that you know we put we kick them off of their lands out of their homes and put them into uh religiously based schools in a lot of cases and we essentially like force the culture out of the culture yeah yeah i know i was not there but i know Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so uh do we have any other game mechanics that we've been thinking of because i'm out i've Achievements was my last big one. No. Um, I think we covered just about everything on my list. Okay. Good, Ace. Did you ever remember that one you forgot? Not really. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It might have just blended it together with something, or maybe I'll remember it like a week down the road. Three days later. Yeah. Yeah. Or like directly like, after we stopped crap! recording. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's happened before. I mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah. 
Um, that's happened to me before. Um, so next week is going to be our game show. Uh, the fourth iteration of that. Um, I will try to get another contestant, whether it's, uh, if we get Sammy back or preacher or someone we'll have on, I'll find someone. Maybe I'll rope Jacob in. He'll actually join this time for that. Who knows? Um, but I do have the years and I will pull them up now and you will see a bunch of light white white light on my face because Excel. Um, so the years that we have for next uh, for next time are 1992. 1997. 2001. 2011 and 2018. I think there's some repeat. I think there's some repeat years in there that we've done before, mm-hmm. but that's okay. More than I, more than five games come out every year, so yeah, it's true. And of course, I'll have the uh, the secret ones ready in case we have ties. But we didn't need that last time. Yeah. I don't think we have any repeat years. I'm like going back and looking at the other years. Okay. I think we're good. The one I thought would have been a repeat was 2018, but I might be We wrong. did 2019. Okay. Well, I think 2018 and was uh, one of the tiebreaker years on that one episode, I think. Oh, it could have been. F- Because I forgot that I've played played Fallout Shelter. <laughs> Merge three rooms together. Gee, Fallout I definitely Shelter. haven't done that repetitively since I've played it on both my phone and on the Switch. Alrighty, so we will catch you guys next week. Uh, thanks for listening and joining and watching. Uh, this is Fortuan at HunterSubPod on Twitter. Uh, be sure to join our Discord. And um, look out for the Bickering Bucks episode where we talk about Pokemon Arceus and I drive Jacob nuts because I liked it a lot more than he did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was really really cool. So a little bit of spoilers for the episode. Uh, We had a a in-order scale because there's four of us now. Chauncey joined the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Chauncey... No, started with Jacob giving it a seven, then Brian an eight, then Chauncey a nine, and I gave it a ten. I gave Arceus a ten out of ten. And that um, wasn't acceptable. And again, <laughs> oh no, it was not. It he was, he was. I don't understand you. And I was like, look, a ten out of ten doesn't mean it's a perfect game. It means it is well exceeded my expectations and has done a lot of positive things for this game and for the series. And, I very much believe that for Pokemon Arceus. Mm-hmm. Like I would hands I hands down will be hundred percent back into Pokemon as a fan if this is how they do the next games. I don't know. Like like, like we were saying before the show, I'm kind of getting frustrated with like level two and three Pokemon dealing like half my almost level twenty Pokemon's level sixteen health. Yeah. Yeah. They made it harder, but that's why I didn't have to stick to a bug team because uh, it was hard enough. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, but I still like bugs. I still had a bug on my. I'm team. just like comparatively, you're tiny. How are you doing this much damage to my guy? 
Oh, it gets rough. It gets oh, rough. yeah. I'm probably just going to repeatedly go and grind and over-level my, my Pokemon just to be on the safe side. And even then, I probably won't be safe. It's fair. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, be sure to check us out. We got a lot of stuff coming away. And of course, join us next week with through the quiz show. See if Sasha can reclaim her title. See if Ace yeah. can claim his first. I'm uh, I'm really looking to reclaim my Bye-bye. title. S- Sammy, he just knew some of those years. Like he knew a lot of the ones that you guys mm-hmm. had. He I knew a lot of the ones he had. I knew a lot of the ones he had. I had bad luck of the draw. It, I felt like I didn't play and even heard of half of the games that I got. But it's oh, okay. Man. We're going to start again fresh in March. Yep, we are. We are. I've already got a couple of the games picked, too. 92 is going to be rough for everybody. Because, like, I'm looking through that <laughs> list and I'm like, I don't even recognize some of these games. Like, <laughs> oh, great. Like, what the crap? So I had I had to pay I was really digging in ninety two to find some more notable ones. Good to know. Thanks for the hint. Yeah, there you go. I don't think it's gonna help in any way me saying that. <laughs> um so uh at Ace Badger Gaming on Twitter, you can see him meme it up and talk about current events a lot of the time talking crap on nfts yeah that's still a thing yeah i'm a little i'm a little too afraid to to dog elden ring on twitter still i feel like i'm gonna get dog piled i'm not really gonna do it in an ironic tone of voice so people can't tell if you're being serious or not i did beat a dragon on it though killed a dragon (laughs) it was fun ish fun ish (laughs) (laughs) ish i mean if you like death zerging yeah <laughs> um and sasha uh will be on the discord and make sure to join us there and uh people people seem to enjoy following along in the discord for the the game show ones because I, I think the game show ones are really fun episodes i really hope you stick around for that but uh that'll be up for us tonight so catch you later in a week's time and See you soon.